Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, host of the Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel, of course. Back with another one. Uh, it's been a while since we've done something, um, I would say, completely new in terms of current content. So this particular episode, I'm going to be talking about sort of the, the progress of the company and what I've been up to, and then also, you know, just generally, you know, what's been happening for the past couple of months. And just sort of my thoughts, uh, like I usually do, I, I don't think I did last year just because of, I guess maybe because of COVID, but I usually do like a year end sort of review and sort of talk about my uh, ruminations. I, I think I used to, yeah, I called it Rico's ruminations and then just sort of goal setting and reviewing whether, you know, we achieved some of the goals. Hence my little, my more casual, this is a Christmas present, by the way. I don't know if you guys follow Tony Baker, but uh, he does like, he's a stand-up comedian, first and foremost, and then he also has like a huge social media following. He does a lot of animal voiceovers. So this is some of his merch, which I got from, from the States for Christmas. And it says, I'm the one, obviously in reverse. And so he's like, uh, Gerald, the gorilla, he's like, I'm the one, I'm the one who did this, this and that. All right. So... That being said, let's start off with the pod. Cue the intro. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. All right, so as you see me look a little bit different. The beard is, you know, beard's uh, actually shaved the beard uh, a week and a half ago. But uh, yeah, my beard's been growing a little bit faster than normal, but it's also changing color. It's kind of weird. It's changing to a ginger sort of blonde gold color, which yeah, I think it adds character. Let's just start with some of the nitty gritty. I would, I would say like in terms of goals last year, you know, we had our revenue goals and, and obviously we wanted to, like, it's always, it's always strange in a year where with COVID and how COVID has affected our, our industry, it's a little bit difficult to predict, right? Like in 2020, we were in a stage prior to the whole PPE craze where you start to ask yourself, okay, you know, do we have to let go of people and do we have to, you know, reduce hours and, and sort of restructure, uh, in order to be able to survive as a company? And I'm sure, you know, many, many businesses were having those kind of conversations. And then we got lucky because the PPE craze happened and, you know, us being a sourcing company, the PPE side of things was important, allowed us to survive basically as a company. Uh, like literally the, the amount of money that we made in the space of about three to four months sustained us for like a year plus because all of our regular, not all, but a lot of our regular business kind of just went on pause, like literally people were saying like, we need to pause the project until, um, you know, those companies start making revenue again, and then they can revisit and all that stuff. So that was the situation. And, you know, last year, last year was a little bit more positive in terms of just general normal business, but, you know, things have changed, I think in a permanent way. And we have also been in the, in a transition phase of business in terms of the types of types of clients that we're trying to target. So. Last year, our revenue goals were obviously to not make less money than we made the year before. That was accomplished. 
And then we were, again, with the marketing side of things, those are some of the goals that we set coming into this year and launching Discord and then kind of transitioning into adding uh, new partners into the business. All of our marketing materials as well being shifted into targeting uh, a different clientele. So the marketing side of things, I would say that we did a decent job with, but I think we can, like this year, we have a more structured plan in terms of the actual specifics and what sort of even the the actual products that we're trying to market towards, as opposed to having a general conversation that is appealing towards those kind of clients. So yeah, that's a huge difference going to be this year. But overall, like, I, I mean, we hit you know, most of the goals that we had set last year. One of my main personal goals was to get an executive assistant, which I was I was able to to hire in October of, of last year. Um, the reason why is because, you know, as the business grows, as we bring on more partners, as we work on different projects, all these different things, we end up, I end up in a situation where I start to feel overwhelmed or I, like, I mean, literally, we took a break for Chinese New Year, right? And it was a couple of weeks. Come back and it's like a thousand emails and I'm like, all right, like, mm, how much of this is stuff that I'm actually supposed to pay attention to versus, you know, these are emails that are meant for the rest of the team. Um, I still want to be included on the communications, but you also have to have somebody else. You need help with somebody else um, letting you know what you need to pay attention to. And so that was one of my goals. And then just also in my own, like my personal life. Having an executive assistant helps a lot because even if I'm planning a trip or I'm just trying to organize something, like I had some repairs that I had to do in my condo here and my, the personal assistant was the one who found, you know, the repair person and things like that. So like these little things that you can accomplish, which allows you to free up mental space and time to work on the business itself. So yeah, that was great. You know, being able to get a personal assistant was like, probably one of the best decisions that I've made so far because it's not just fulfilling in terms of the work aspect, it's also fulfilling in terms of the personal life aspect. I would say that the only thing, if I was to look at last year, the only goals that I don't feel like we fulfilled, you know, proper, not properly, but I would say 100% would be the marketing side of things, the way we're trying to target and position ourselves as a business moving forward, I think we could have done a better job with that. There's a lot of different reasons why I think we didn't do that is because launching Discord was was particularly time consuming. It's almost like launching a new business. And also I, I, I wasn't a Discord user before. So that was a big issue in the sense of like, just understand, like I understood Discord inherently, but because it's like, it looks similar to Slack. I've been using Slack for years. It, function similarly to being on a forum, which, you know, I've been using, I've been on forums for 10 plus years. So it wasn't like uh, completely strange, but, you know, I wanted to fully understand how, what, are, what, are the, what is the functionality and, you know, how does it work as in, in its entirety? So yeah, um, that took a lot. And then of course you have to have a team there to be able to, to do some of the stuff that we're doing with discord in terms of the content creation and just the community management side of things. So I would say that discord was, was it, yeah, it took a, quite a bit of time and, and resources. So yeah, I, I, this year I really do want to put a more heavy focus in terms of, uh, our marketing focus 
as a company and to be more specific if, if people are interested in understanding that we have primarily source finance has primarily been focused on targeting startups and small to medium-sized businesses who want to create original design product oem is is easier to operate than and than original design oem being white label products where you're just basically buying and selling like i mean for example you could see a candle and like that you just basically slap your own logo on it so it's not so difficult to manage because you're not custom as much whereas with the odm stuff you're customizing heavily so um that's been our primary primary focus has been targeting clients that are in the in that sort of space where it's a first time you know first time business uh, or second time entrepreneur uh, who's not so experienced in the manufacturing space or maybe doesn't have as much resources. And, you know, we still want to continue working with, with startups and small to medium-sized businesses. Like uh, that is, you know, it's something that has helped us grow the business to where we are right now. But in terms of revenue growth and consistent growth, consistent revenue, a sustainable uh, growth, we think it's better to be more, you know, to work with larger companies, so medium to large size companies that have established product supply chains and things like that. And um, it's just sort of like that's the way it's been going. Because if you think, if you think about it, it's like if you're doing an order for, you know, for Walmart, for example, you know, you know that even a small order for Walmart is going to be you know, a decent amount of money for you, like a small Walmart might be a, you know, $100,000 PO or $50,000 PO, which depending on what your deal is with them, that could be a, you know, six figure, not six figure, but that's probably, you know, like a five figure profit margin for uh, the agent. So, or the company. And then without having to do a lot of R&D, because if we're talking about OEM products, you know, it would take you two weeks to source an OEM product, maybe plus minus, depending on the amount of communication involved with the client and everything. So yeah, man. Uh, so we started started to think like in order to have a more sustainable revenue growth, um, we started thinking about this two, three years ago. Uh, you can probably reference one of my older videos or my older podcast, but we've been slowly in implementing changes into the business, even just our pricing, the way we view everything. And that's that's a transition. So I just feel like maybe last year we, from a content specific side uh, and marketing specific side, we didn't do as much. But when we did our year end review and sort of discussed what we could do this year, we had a much better, much more focused on you know how we can you know approach the business this year and sort of implement the, some the things that I'm talking about in terms of the marketing side of things. And it's, it's really just, it's an interesting process because essentially what happens when your business grows is like, you tend to just basically, you tend to end up becoming more and more corporate, you know what I mean? So when I say corporate, I just mean like, you know, there's more and more meetings, there's more and more reviews about meetings and things like that. So things don't move as quickly as they used to, which is a little bit strange for me because I'm more of a sort of lean startup model perspective, but it's necessary, especially when you're spending money on some of the stuff, you can't always just freestyle. And especially when 
people are spending time on these things. You can't always just, you know, throw around ideas and like not have a, a solid plan behind the execution of those ideas. But you still want to keep some sort of balance between the idea and execution and being able to move fast with intention. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We have Alan Scanlon, who's been on the, he's a friend of the show, he's been on the channel a bunch of times. I'm sure you'll see him much more this year. Uh, he's on Discord as well, uh, Scano. And uh, he's he, he's been somebody that we worked with for years and years, and he's also been coming on um, as, a, as a partner in Source Fine Asia. So that's going to be an interesting aspect of this year in terms of how that grows. And we, you know, we had some discussions, some, uh, some targets this year to let you guys know, like we're building out a sales team. So we already have, uh, like I used to do sales. Then we hired Vincent, um, we had back in 2017 or 2018, he worked with us for like a year, two years almost. And then, um, uh, Mike took over the sales and we hired a sales assistant underneath to work underneath Mike. And so we've had that situation going on. And then now we were thinking that, you know, there's different areas that we're trying to attack from a sales perspective, especially with some of the types of company profiles that we're trying to target. Uh, they're not necessarily the kind of companies be finding us through our traditional means of, of, of marketing, which is the content that we we produce for YouTube and stuff like that, like larger businesses tend to do their research differently. So that means that we have to start to have a heavier, like more aggressive, um, cold outreach uh, approach. So that means we have to start adding more people to the sales team. And that's one of the goals this year is to add, uh, I think we're, we're trying to get to about four salespeople. And all of those people would have some similar roles, but a lot of them would have different functions. So you might have people that are more focused on outreach. Uh, you might have people that are more focused on dealing with inbound leads. Some people that are maybe a little bit better with sales calls and sort of setting up the projects and proposals. So yeah, that's the, that's sort of the direction that we're going in this year. So there's a lot of different things. Actually, one of the podcasts I wanted to do then the future is something that people don't really talk about as much, which is actually maybe this year I might have a heavier focus on these kind of things is we talk a lot about the, the sort of successes um, in entrepreneurship. We talk a lot about the strategies and how we figured out things and stuff like that, but we also don't really talk about sort of the, the, the struggles uh, and sort of mental side of entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? Um, I, I tend, like if you listen to my podcast episodes and interviews that I've done, I tend to lean more towards asking people about failures and how they sort of worked through those things. Just because I think it's important. I think it's important to, to have that humanistic perspective. Like it's easy to look at certain entrepreneurs and just think that they're some like deity figured out everything and like, and then it makes it feel like it's impossible. Also makes you not fully understand some of the issues that can come with running a business and some of the stresses and struggles that can come with running a business. So I think it's something that I want to do. I want to have a, a focus on this year is is just talking about the sort of stress. I might even do an episode today about that, but 
Um, yeah. So that being said, that's pretty much my uh, my episode for today. I'm thinking I might do since this is a podcast. Maybe I'll jump into some of the Discord stuff so I can let you guys know some of the questions that were being asked in Discord. I do this thing, and Mike also does uh, once a week. It's, uh, we do AMAs, so uh, mine is called Ask Ask Batman Anything. And then Mike's is, um, is Ask Mike Anything. All right, so uh, I'm going to do a few questions. So I'll try to keep the I'll try to keep the answers as brief as possible, just because sometimes, like my AMAs, my A, my ABAs themselves tend to be around fifteen to twenty minutes, and I think I've already been talking for for a while. So, first question: uh, Since you've been or stayed in China for a long time, what are the biggest differences between New Year, uh, Western New Year, and Chinese New Year in your observation that? Other people might not know or notice. Um, so as I was saying, like other people might not know, notice is a little bit difficult because it depends on each country. For example, in the Philippines, Chinese New Year's in the Philippines is just not celebrated in the same way. So like as in Ch- I would say Chinese New Year in the Philippines is, you know, two days, you know, some fireworks. Um, whereas when you talk about Chinese New Year in China, you know, you're talking about a month-long celebration, pretty much. Um, and then other countries, uh, surrounding countries like Cambodia, and like for example, Hong Kong is like a week, two weeks, um, where things are, things are um, slower. But obviously, because China takes a break for a month, it affects most countries from a production standpoint. So it really just depends on the country itself. But I would say, yeah, that's the biggest thing that people don't fully understand is that the country shuts down for a month. And uh, when I was in China, it was always surprising because holidays, like other holidays, people would be open, their businesses would be open. People worked six days, sometimes seven days a week. There was a dry cleaning place and laundromat that was right next door to my building. And I used to take my stuff there. And every single holiday, man, like it, you know, it was a mom and pop stop, a mom and pop store. Every single holiday, they were working. They were working, you know, and they worked on Sundays. It doesn't, it doesn't, they're always there. Either the, the wife or the the husband who owned the store would always be there. And during Jenny's New Year, they would shut down for at least two weeks. And that was a very strange, you know, phenomenon for me because it's like, I'm so used to, you know, I was so used to uh, people being just working all the time and, and all that stuff. And then on the flip side of things, I would say the moment I really realized how what Chinese New Year was, was when I decided to stay in the country for Chinese New Year, which was probably my second year in China, I think, or third year in China. I just decided, I think it was third year, actually, decided not to travel. And third or fourth year? Might have been fourth year actually. Oh no, third year, third year I traveled and came back early, and then the fourth year I think I did not travel. So yeah, the the third year and fourth year were the years when I realized you know that what it meant what, in terms of like when you really walk around a city that's usually like bustling, when there's a bunch of people doing things, and you know there's a lot of people on the grind. And there's noise, and there's cars, and there's trains, and everything, planes, everything. And it's just silent, like as in 
restaurants are closed, everything is closed. It's, it literally feels like a ghost town, like you're in the walking dead type of thing. So it's a big, big thing that I think people don't fully understand. And it's not just factories, it's everything. It's like, you know, banks are closed for a while. Shopping malls are open, but like a lot of the stores in the shopping malls are closed. The mom and pop stores that I mentioned are closed because a lot of people, a lot of those people have gone to see their hometowns. There's less availability for taxis or Ubers, uh, DD, if you roll in China. It becomes extremely difficult to travel within China. Like uh, flights are either ridiculously expensive or they're fully booked. There's less flights, trains, uh, trains, uh, buses, all that stuff is very, very difficult to 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 book or get on um there's a lot of traffic between cities so yeah because everybody's basically trying to leave the metropolitan areas and go to their hometowns and smaller towns so yeah i would say chinese new year is probably the thing that people don't fully understand as much and how it affects business is obviously you're not able to manufacture products for three to four weeks and so ship out products for a while but at the same time, I think the repercussions are some people have products that they were producing, let's say in December or November, December, that gets stuck in China during January. And then you have some people that wanted to start producing in January so they can get the products for February, March. So you have to be able to plan in advance and know, okay, Chinese New Year is going to be from this time to this time. We have to block, we have to add an additional three weeks to a month to our production time. So that means either starting earlier or launching your product later, you know, so because it's, it's every aspect of, of the business. Do you have client testimonials? What's the percentage of the clients that recommend you? Percentage of clients that recommend this is always difficult to, is difficult to measure because like, you know, you have ongoing clients, you have clients that you work with on a project for a few months and then they, you know, start to communicate with the factories directly. You have clients that you do, you know, like a, uh, like a sourcing report or things like that, that are just like sort of one-off situations or a quality inspection or product photos. Um, so the percentage is always tough. And then you have also clients where you try to, you know, you contact them and then, um, after the project is done and, and sort of ask for a testimonial or recommendation or things like that. And some people respond, some people don't. So that's just the nature of any sort of business. Uh, I would say in client testimonials is an obvious answer. Yes, we have client testimonials. If you go to the website on literally the homepage, sourcefinisher.com, which should be here at the bottom right now, you'll see the testimonials there. We have video testimonials from our previous clients, from some of our pre previous clients. Now, in terms of percentages, like I said, yeah, that's difficult to measure. But we do get a, a, a pretty decent amount of client recommendations. You know, we get a pretty high, I would say high amount of client recommendations. So the third question is, if I'm your client, how long would it take your company to become familiar with my account to completely take over my function? Mm, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, it just depends on what that is, you know what I mean? It depends on what your function is, depends on what your requirements are. So for example, like, let's say on a really, really high level, on a really like complicated high level, we do this thing called QMS, which is quality management systems. 
what that basically is, is we will essentially develop your processes and hire employees, manage employees for you in China, which allows, you know, a growing business to focus on, you know, what they do best, which would be the, maybe the marketing materials, maybe it's a product design component, but they don't necessarily want to be managing, you know, quality control, manufacturing, those kind of things. So rather than just paying us a consulting fee, a monthly consulting fee to to use our staff to do that function, we build out the system for you so that the standard operating procedures that we create are customized for your business. And then we hire staff that specifically work for your business, either part-time or full-time. And then, you know, that's their main focus, right? Like, so either we can hire those people for our, like within our company, or we can sort of build your business. And then the idea is long-term, if you think your business is gonna continue to grow, we can continue to manage and help manage that. Or in the future, it's a turnkey solution. You can take over running, you know, the, that side of the business, the China team and everything, because everything's already set up. There's already standard operating procedures. Really what you're taking over is just the day-to-day communication with the employee and and then sort of the, the expenses involved and the, you know, the monthly and daily and whatever expenses and then the HR side of things. So, um, that like a QMS, I guess, depending on the size of the company, I would say that if it's a company that's doing, well, maybe it depends more on the amount of employees, I would say if it's a company that needs more like two employees, one or two, two employees, that's going to take roughly six months to get up to speed with the employees and then just to, to have a good base of the standard operating procedures. But we usually say it will take like a year to get everybody on the same page because you, what you have is you have turnover, right? So you might hire people and then they leave and then you have to hire somebody else, train that person, like all these different things, um, get them used to dealing with some of the, you know, Western applications, uh, dealing with VPNs and all these different aspects. So I would say like with a QMS situation, which I said is more of a more complicated version of, of what we do, that's going to take minimum six months to a year to get to that stage where the employees fully understand what they're doing and, you know, they, they understand the operas, uh, the processes and operations and stuff. Then if you're talking about something where we're just doing sort of full-time consulting and the project isn't so complicated, like if it's an OEM project, I mean, two months, a month, you know, a month to two months maximum, like depending on how much time, like we've had situations where a client came to us and said that they have to get us on board within, you know, like three weeks or a month. And we, we did the all hands on deck thing. And obviously we, we, we quote our services according to the amount of time and effort that we have to put in. And then also there's discussions within the business in terms of what are the things that we have to execute in order to be able to do this, whatever it is that that requirement is within three weeks, if it's taking over the function, is it taking over the communication with the factory? Uh, is it sourcing new factories? Is it also, are we in mid-production? Or, you know, when is the quality control inspection? Are you shipping through your own shipping agent? Are you shipping through us? Those kind of questions come into play in those situations. So when all of those things factor into how much time it's going to take, because these are separate conversations between us and different entities and then just sort of charting out 
that whole process. So I would say that the shortest amount of time we've ever taken over somebody's whole supply chain was probably less than a month. And then the, the longest amount of time that it would take to develop uh, completely just kind of uh, take control of somebody's processes and all this stuff is six months to a year, depending on the size, depending on the requirements. Uh, which of your businesses do you enjoy working on the most and which one would you choose to keep if you're forced to let go of others? So in terms of my businesses, what I try to do is, okay, first of all, Source Financia is my business. I, I mentioned in one of the, the Discord Ask Batman Anything episodes that um, I had tried to do two startups at the same, so Source Financia and um, was working on EC, which EC you know, when we let it go, it was in good health. When I let it go, it was in good health. And I just thought it was a little bit too difficult to do. Like if you're the CEO of one company and then, you know, you're, you're a partner in another company, it's like, it's, and they're both startups are very demanding situations, especially if you have to travel for both businesses, like it's, it's, it was crazy. So I probably wouldn't do that again. If I was going to start another company, I would be in an advisor role. But within what I've tried to do, what I tried to do is like some of my other sort of interests or things that I thought would be beneficial for social like Asia or help grow the company would be to add different arms of the business to it. So it's a combination of my interests, but it's also a combination of things that I thought would be beneficial for the company. So for example, content and trying to do different forms of content and, and things that keep me stimulated and interested in the company and then discord and, and like uh, programs like uh, the digital summit that we, that we did that even the digital summit in, in and of itself where I'm interviewing other entrepreneurs in the manufacturing space for our plus and providing this content out for free so like those kind of things are interesting for me and just having those conversations are very interesting for me but then I'm keeping them all under the same source find Asia umbrella so rather than you know, starting separate businesses right now, everything that I tried to do, I tried to tie into the business. Even when we've launched products and things like that, like actual products that we sold to people, it was tied under the SourceFind Asia umbrella, which is, so I think, so I would say rather than starting separate businesses, it's it's starting subsidiaries under SourceFind Asia. And my favorite thing that I've done under the SFA umbrella would probably be hmm, it's, it's a difficult question I can't even, I don't even know if I can answer that because I, I want to say content but content is broad like that's a lot of different things right uh, I would say that uh, I think the, the most ambitious thing that we've been able to accomplish and finish which I thought was a lot of hard work lots of interesting things and editing processes and, and slight acting and planning and all that stuff is probably the the digital summit clips that we did so there were clips in between the actual interviews uh and i tried to make them quirky and funny and random so it kind of kept people's attention i think one of these days we need to do like a whole compilation of of the digital summit uh introductions and and outros because i i think they're pretty funny which one would I let go? Uh, again, that's a tough one. I can't let go of content because I just enjoy making content. Wouldn't enjoy. I wouldn't let go of 
SFA the main business because obviously that is what brings in the bread and butter for the boost part. Damn, man. That's like asking, like, which one of your children would you would you kill? Like, you know, <laughs> like, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, I would say that, I don't know. I actually really don't know. I can't answer that question. It's impossible because there is no right answer. Like, as long as the stuff is working, then it's fine. I, I, I guess I would say that anything to do with, like, written content, so, you know, blogging, you know, articles, things like that, like LinkedIn marketing. So any of the, the stuff that we're doing with it, the subsidiary stuff that we're doing within the business that involves that is not something that I'm interested in, but I know it's a necessary thing. I can't really say, like, I can't, like all of the other stuff is like Discord, like all these things, like, and can't let go of Discord, you know? Um, actually, Discord is an interesting one because it is, it does, it does involve more texting than anything else. Okay, so last question. If you were not into entrepreneurship, what could you what could have been your profession? Okay. So just to clarify, I think it's obviously if you were not into into entrepreneurship, what would your profession be? Um oh, God. I've thought about this quite a few times. So it's it's interesting. Like if you talk about me when I was a kid I wanted to be a business person just because my dad and my mom were both running their own companies. So it was, it just felt like a very natural thing for me. I literally used to go to school with a briefcase when I was in, in, um, in, uh, preschool and stuff. So yeah, in terms of what, I, what else I wanted to do, I wanted to play football professionally. So soccer professionally, I think that could have been something that I could have pursued more deeply if um if my parents were cool with it my parents were like no focus on your studies and focus on that um if i didn't do that i probably would have gone into banking in some way shape or form like because i studied business admin management it seemed like most people that studied that went into banking like started working at a bank at least and then kind of figured out things from there oh, or sales sales uh that's a natural thing that i'm good at sales um specifically i would say in the retail industry is where i, I excelled most of my my sales stuff so i thought maybe i would actually you know what yeah next to banking next to going to work into a bank i would have probably gone into sales in the retail industry uh i like fashion i'm good at sales i like talking to people yeah, so that would have been a natural progression for me. I, even when I was, I was selling clothes at um, RW and Co, which was a, a, it's a retail store in Canada. It's kind of the, the equivalent of like, it's like Canada's H and M or Zara, but they have like some stores that are unisex, and then they have some stores that are you know female focused uh, or male focused. So I was working at one of the stores where they sold only women's clothes and you know i got offered uh like hey like when you actually not just that job but i also worked at another place where i was selling suits and both of them kind of gave me the same offer which was that you know when you finish school would you like to do a full-time position here you know and then because i've been working there for a while you know my position would be not manager but like would be elevated from being the floor staff floor sales staff so 
yeah, I think I would have probably ended up in in one of those one of those jobs, and then, you know, there's that little bit of an artistic side to me. So I think I probably like one of my other passions is uh, I love music. Um, I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy all these different forms of expression. So I probably would have done some sort of podcast or, you know, um, probably maybe DJed on the side or some. I still plan on maybe doing a little bit of DJing in the future. So. Yeah, well, that's it, guys. So I've uh, let you know what's going on in 2023 and where we're at with the business from 2022. And it's getting dark and I can't find my fucking ring light. So I guess this is where the, the, the pod ends. So I'm the one. I'm the one who decides when this podcast ends. Uh, all right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed the content. Uh, hit us up, join the Discord. Uh, we are back in full force. We're gonna be. We've got some big plans. Big plans for this year. Big plans. It's gonna be amazing. Big plans. All right. So yeah, if you want to reach out to us, that's firstwineasia.com slash Made in China, or subscribe to the YouTube uh, channel and and drop us a comment. Uh, or you can jump on the Discord and uh, like on the Discord, as I mentioned before, we have weekly uh podcasts we have uh amas dropping um and yeah of course we have the general podcast i mean china podcast so enjoy guys cheers